Hey, I'm Jeannie Jones. And I'm Jordan Jones. And we are entering A World Gone Gone Good. That was the best intro I've ever had. Well, hello, my name is Steve, and this is World Gone Good, the podcast where we shine the light into the darkness, or we find the light in the darkness to prove there is still good to be had. Follow us on social media. I dare you. I double dog dare you. Now you have to. On the Insta, we are at World Gone Good Podcast. And on Twitter, we are at World Gone Good One. That's World Gone Good with the number one at the end. We will follow you back if you're good. Are you good? Then yes, you are definitely getting a follow back. And since you're already on your internets and have them all revved up, why not check out our brand new website, worldgonegoodpodcast.com. It was handcrafted just for you by my best friend ever, Lisa. Go check out her handiwork. Go get some good. Okay, so do you remember a few episodes back when I had my friends Jill and Wendy on to talk about Buy Nothing? If you have no clue what I'm talking about, go listen to that episode after you listen to this one. It's in the episode guide of wherever you're listening right now. Um, Here's why I bring it up. They have a podcast called The Buy Nothing Podcast. And on one of their shows, they featured this woman named Jeannie. I heard it. I heard her. And I was like, we need Jeannie on our show. I don't know why. I just felt it in my good bones. I contacted Wendy and I asked her if I could get an intro and Wendy was all, oh, yes, yes, you must have her on. She does this thing at a Starbucks for charity. I was like, Starbucks, charity, two of my favorite things, I'm in. And then Wendy adds, and you must speak with her daughter too. She has her own charity. It turns out these two women are a good deed doing mother-daughter duo. Say that 10 times fast. I'll wait. Give it a shot. It's harder than saying, Susie sells seashells by the seashore. Remember when we used to say that all the time? Remember that? And and remember the songs we used to sing? We don't sing anymore. Like, oh, Susanna, won't you cry for me? Dance for me? What the hell did Susanna do? I don't even remember. But I'm telling you, these two, <laughs> they have this amazing good vibe. And I just felt it. I could just feel it. Jeannie and Jordan Jones each have their own philanthropic organizations. Um, did I mention that Jordan is only 13? I didn't ask Jeannie how old she was. I know better than that. This, my friends, is the story of two incredibly inspiring go-getters of good. This is where we're starting. Jeannie Jones, this is the question to you. When do you sleep? I am reading your bio. Award-winning journalist, actress, producer, director, brand architect. We got to get into that. Award winner, NAACP Leadership Award for you for uh, working with all your charity work. I see United Way. I work for the United Way Humane Society, one of my favorites, American Heart Association, actress, speaker, superhuman. <laughs> when did you sleep? And then I, after that, Jordan, y- your daughter's here with us. So after that, Jordan, you think about this. Your mom's going to tell us when she sleeps, and you're going to tell us how much pressure you have in your life to try to live up to your mother's expectations of what she's done with her life. And go. Well, you know what, Steve, Uh, great question and not as much as I need to. The thing is, I will say over the last couple of years, I've learned the power of the catnap. So the whole, you know, my alter ego, Kitty of the City, it all makes sense. I didn't 
understanding when older people used to tell me that when I was young. I'm like, oh, who needs a catnap? But that has become my superpower. So um, because I know you can't be halfway as good as you need to be or best without adequate rest. So, um, but you know, it's crazy being on the West Coast. A lot of clients and work I do is also East Coast and they don't give a darn if it's like eight there and five here. It's like, it's showtime, you know? So um, I manage, I manage, but you know, it also helps when you're passionate and excited about what you do. Um, it, it, it makes it a little easier and, and then, you know, take the shot of caffeine and just keep going. Jordan, do you feel a pressure at all to uh, keep up with your mom, to live up your mom's expectations, to tell your mom to slow the hell down? It's actually kind of funny that you bring that up as a question, because when I was much younger, I felt a lot of pressure to be exactly like my mom. And I wanted to live up to everyone's expectations of the kitten of the city is be like, oh, you're just like your mom. But as I've gotten older, I've learned to appreciate my talents and understand that Whatever my mom does doesn't mean I have to completely follow in her footsteps, though she is definitely an inspiration to me. Tell me about Kitty of the City. Where did that start? Where did that name come from? Wow. It actually was given birth while I was on the air on radio in my hometown, Washington, D.C. Um, I am an advocate for dogs, dog lover. And the only time I had a cat... Well, it's been twice. I was younger, but my parents had to um, give it to uh, someone else because it, you know, was scratching me up as a toddler. And then um, I, you know, did uh, segments on uh, television, Washington, D.C., you know, Humane Society uh, type segments. And they even created a space called Kitty City. And so I was constantly, you know, trying to get these cats adopted for orange segments. And it was this one particular cat named Maxwell. And I was like, you're not going to make me fall in love with you. But the cat locked eyes with me and said, you're going to give me a chance. I'm smooth. I'm sexy. And I was used to cats meowing and purring and hissing. But this particular cat, Steve, when I tell you, was the sexiest creature I ever connected with. I mean, the meows, you hear meow, but Maxwell's meow was more like meow. And it was smooth. And I said, oh, you are not seducing me. Make a long story short, the cat ends up coming home with me while I'm also the owner of two very protective Rottweilers. Oh my God. I said a prayer and for some reason it just worked out. And the cat even held his own with the Rottweilers. They were like, oh, okay, so you're going to be here. So we're going to work this out. So the cat would, with the same smooth hiss, didn't jump, didn't pounce anything, just smooth, would wake me up in the morning. And one day I happened to be on the air and a particular segment had to do with, I don't know, some artist that was coming to, uh, you know, be a guest co-host on the show later on that would happen to be a very attractive guy. And in the midst of me promoting and teasing that, I just said, man, ladies, when he comes straight meow status, yeah, a straight, you know, stamp of approval from the kitty of the city. It just rolled out from a branding standpoint. When I heard myself say that in playback, I was like, hmm, 
you got something. And needless to say, that brand uh, really catapulted me to top ratings. You know, Jeannie Jones started not coming in the ratings. The program director was like, this kitty at a city thing. I mean, that's when all the liquor companies wanted to endorse me. And, and I was not only great during the day and on television, but the, my, my whole nightlife persona and hosting those types of events uh, became a favorite for, for, of course, men. But then the ladies, you know, really gravitated towards it. People would ask me, what is that, a sorority? You know, this chant, but, you know, to have little girls from, you know, early teen girls to women well into their 60s, you know, approach me and say, meow. I mean, that was just a, a term of endearment, a stamp of approval. I mean, it, it was massive. Nothing new about a cat or meow, but I think it was the infectious way I would do it. It made everybody feel good. So kudos to uh, Maxwell the Cat made Kitty of the City larger than life. Isn't that amazing when something just comes out of your mouth and you're saying it and you're like in real time going, ooh, there's something here. Absolutely. Absolutely. You were quoted as saying you encourage you to be the best they can be and elevate tomorrow's leaders. How does that apply to your daughter? Wow. I'll let her elaborate more on that, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm a strict, but cool mom. And hold on, hold on, hold on. Jordan, true or false? Very true. Very true. My mom is super hip, super fun. And Jordan, wait a minute. Let's, let's just do this really quickly. Jordan, how old are you? I'm currently 13 years old. Oh, wow. Okay, great. Go back. Jeannie, finish up. I'm not interrupting. Go ahead. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I am um, very strict in the sense of um, education, uh, being passionate and being very deliberate in, you know, setting goals. And while you're going to have trials, tribulations, as life always does, I mean, you still want to reassess and figure out um ways you can do better at whatever it is you're trying to do. I don't care what it is. And I'm really adamant with her about starting something and at least completing it. I'd rather you complete something to say, let me try something else, or I want to take a different route, but you're going to, you know, understand that having that mindset is going to help you um, in the challenges you're, you're going to face, you know, and as you evolve anyway. So um, that applies from, like I said, that's from my mentoring program all the way to my daughter and just live in, 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 and breathe that uh, motto every day. I'm proud of Jordan uh, being 13 and this spring she will have already completed her first semester of college credit. So that's where all that stuff applies. Wow. So Jordan, how at 13 do you separate your mom from being your mom and your mom from being this, um, you know, good leader? Well, it's actually kind of funny. I don't necessarily have to. As I sit in the car with my mom, for example, we just have such incredible life lesson talks. And as like, though she's like my mentor and my teacher, I can still see her as my mother because that trait of parents being able to teach your child and educate them and lead them in that way, my mom already does with me. And so there isn't much separation needed, actually. So Gina, you started a mentoring program and foundation that has been going for 20 years now. I have always been passionate outside of media with uh, educating and inspiring youth. Probably has a lot to do. Both my parents were educators. 
principals, college professors. So um, I'm sure that's where that spark came from. But, um, you know, it's, it's nothing more rewarding than mentoring somebody in middle school and then they're in college and they, uh, you know, hit me on email or social media and say, do you remember this time back at such and such at a job fair? You said X, Y, or Z, or you gave me this shout out on a radio, that particular moment changed my life, saved my life. So um, it, it's really the foundation of everything that I do. So I mentor students from elementary through collegiate. Usually it's those students who have benefited from uh, scholarships that I deliver, usually in performing arts, sports. And when I say, you know, optionals, just as long as it's it's something that they are consistent in, I'll also consider that as well. But um, passionate about sports and I've come up in performing arts. So th- th- those are two areas that normally are minimally funded, if not uh, removed, unfortunately, out of school programs. But those are, are, are two areas that young people, especially going through the pandemic, aren't able to do as much, but they thrive through that. I always tell parents, even if it's not something they do career-wise, the skills and the esteem that you know is inserted during those developmental stages in these programs in sports and arts, it stays with them long-term through adulthood. So um, yeah, that that's the main reasons why I do what I do and why I know that um, these will always help children regardless of what direction they go into. So just to clarify for people, a mentoring program, because I think people have different versions and visions of what they see that it is. And especially in a world of COVID, are you on the phone with people? Is it the kind of thing where you're texting? Is it the kind of thing where you're doing what we're doing, you know, right now, Zooming each other? Or is it more one-on-one in person? Or is it a mix of all of it? How, and also, does it depend on who it is and how far along they are in the process? Exactly. Everything you just said, it is a combination of everything, especially during the pandemic. I prefer being personable. We've worked to, you know, do very well through Zoom. We didn't have an option, but it's it's been amazing. But all of those um, aspects, and depending on a student's atmosphere, you know, how engaging they are, does play a main factor into um, just how much we do together. A lot of times, I will challenge them after there's like an introduction about you know, things that they tell me they want to do. So I will constantly give them resources. I will set them up with other mentors and resources to move forward. And then we have these uh, checkup sessions. It may roll around to an annual event that I do with LAUSD. It's the Young Women's Conference and the Young Men's Conference, where we have miraculously been able to Zoom with anywhere from six to 800 students at one time. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're kind of, we're, we're so proud of, of being able to master this. So we will have mentors up to 50 to 80 mentors and we'll go into these breakout sessions. So that's another resource. That's the full reward in 360 for me. Okay. So both of you have so many projects, but I want to focus in on one for each of you. So I'm going to jump to you, Jordan at age four. I cannot believe this at age four. You started doing blessing bags. Tell everybody what a blessing bag is. Okay, so basically, um, for minimal detail first, a blessing bag is when I create a bag 
full of healthy goods and feed them to the homeless. Now, in detail, a blessing bag is a bag, of course, and you put a message and a beautiful picture on the front, which has a lot of relation to God, love, positivity, and determination. I noticed something while I was driving around with my mom when we passed the White House, and I saw not too far away from the White House that there were people just sitting outside. And I asked my mom, mom, why are those people sitting outside when that White House has so many like different places for those people to stay? And my mom had to explain to me homelessness and explain that concept of poverty and everything to me. And that just sparked me. It hurt me so badly as a young child to know that some people can't even like stay in a home because they can't afford it or certain things have caused them to be homeless. And so I wanted to do something to help to change that. So little steps at a time, blessing bags can help to endure like health and keep determination alive in the spirit. What's the reaction when you go up to a stranger and are you, were you, and are you ever nervous going up to a stranger? Sometimes I do face nervousness because sometimes people would not like to be bothered. Sometimes people are not interested, but majority of the time, I usually just walk up completely fearless and I say, here you go, have a blessed day, anything on the lines of that. And so, no, not necessarily nervous. Tell everybody what Blessings on the Beach is. So Blessings on the beaches. usually we have an event where we give back to the homeless, where we have different things like food, but not only food, we have clothes, cleaning products, etc. A lot of things like that. And who's helping you with this? As friends or neighbors? Friends and family friends. What would you say to anybody who has homeless in their community right now, how they can help that situation? Because so many people see it and, well, there's a portion of people who see it and walk the other way and don't want to see it. And there's other people who go, no, I want to do something. What would you tell somebody? What I would tell someone is to see if anybody, like any local homeless organizations to give back and help. And if there aren't any that are really local and that work for you, I suggest just taking matters into your own hands and doing what personally I do and this foundation does is just making a blessing bag, just putting a positive message on the bag and making sure that there are healthy and nutritious treats that will last them a minute. And something like that, just give back. Are there any essentials that have to go into the bag? Well, the blessing bag does need to contain a message. Now, that is what makes a blessing bag a blessing bag. There is a written message on the bag, and then there would have to be some sort of uplifting drawing. And then for requirements, what's in the bag, nothing that's like fast food, basically. Otherwise, everything else is fine. Jordan, can I be you if and when I grow up? (laughs) Thank you so much for the compliment. But honestly, I'm still growing myself, but I deeply appreciate those words. You know what I love about it, though, is that you have combined in some sort of love of art and music and and theater and and creativity of your own. So where, what is it for you? Where is the passion there? What, do you have a specific, is it drawing? Is it painting? Is it, is it writing words? What is it? 
That is such an amazing question. For me, my art comes in different ways. I love to write stories. I definitely love to sing. Singing is definitely essential and drawing as well. And I'm starting to get into different types of media like um, paint, gouache, watercolors, and different types of colored pencils as well. Jeannie, jumping over back to you, you do the annual Camp Out for Kids where you, um, how do I put this? You squat in a Starbucks? Is that a nice way to say it? What? Oh, <laughs> you- no. Come on, not squat. I mean, does <laughs> anybody squat for toys? <laughs> you lo- No, you're living my dream. You, oh move, my you move into a Starbucks. Tell everybody what this is. Man, it's 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 such a delight every year, and um, appreciate Starbucks for being a incredible partner uh, for over a decade. Um, what I do is uh, when I'm able, um, you know, originate in Washington D.C. and then expand it out here to Los Angeles. Um, I've several times will literally camp out, be there 24 hours, and my whole point to that is if within 24 hours you can't find the time between when you go to work, when you go home, when you're going out to a club, when you're going to do whatever, you can't do any form of donation. That concerns me because you never know in life when you'll need help or when that would need to apply to you as well. I have an incredible time um, just meeting people who come through there, drop off uh, whatever gifts or donations they have. And I usually have people in the community uh, help me to stay up um, along with the uh, Starbucks treats for 24 hours uh, from musicians that will come in and gig, especially later on in the evening to the um, overnight process, whether it's, like I said, uh, musicians, poets, different people to have conversations with celebrities, artists. It's just an amazing process. And then if I'm not spending a night, I uh, like for this year incorporated so many people uh, up and down Ventura Boulevard uh, who came through and donated. People would just be coming into Starbucks to get their favorite frap or cup of Joe and would be like, you know, what all these toys and Jordan and I are dressed in, you know, in our Santa, you know, Miss Santa get-ups and people, it automatically makes people feel good and warm. So they automatically come over and once they see what we're doing and they read about what we're doing, they have um, oftentimes gone back to their homes to grab something that their child or something they're not using, knowing that something that they would toss out can uh, likely be a gem or make somebody's Christmas day that is, you know, would be unfortunate in uh, foster homes or misplaced. Again, where was the spark for this? You were in Starbucks or? Well, where it started was, again, me being on air and my name being Jeannie, uh, Jeannie's Grant Wishes. So that's where the name Grant My Wish. So uh, a lot of times uh, kids in Washington, D.C. would send me a letter of how they want their wish granted. So that's where the concept came from, just simply granting wishes. And then it rolled right into the uh, holiday season to be annual. And then it just started to evolve where even some film companies and record labels would come and, and support and, and do a major, um, you know, uh, 
donation or drop a load of toys off and it would really jumpstart the uh, exposure that it got. And then when Starbucks came in, it was just, I don't know, it was just, it's just a, a match made in heaven. You know, I usually will also challenge people and say, well, what can you do outside of your, you know, four walls um, for the rest of the year? No matter how big it didn't have to be a platform like this or have to be broadcast. But, um, you know, it's the little things. It's the little things. And you'd be surprised um, just how much of an impact it, it, it would make. It's so great talking to both of you. We wrap these shows up with three questions, but before we do that, don't panic. You know, the answer is we have to talk about one thing, Jeannie, which is you spoke to two of my closest friends in the world, Jill and Wendy on the Buy Nothing podcast about a a, a leather, a leather bag, I believe, or a leather satchel or a leather, uh, some sort of bag, right? The briefcase. Yes. How did that come? How did you hook up with them? How do you know? Are you neighbors with Wendy? Well, we are. The whole Buy Nothing community is so incredible to me. I've never been involved with such a a Facebook group that um, is also acts as uh, like a mentoring service, a support system, a happy hour. Oh my gosh. At any time, anything you need may be there along with a new friendship. I mean, where do you go to get that? That that costs nothing on top of that. So we wrap up these shows with three questions. Um, I'm going to leave it up to you, Mom. If Jordan can answer the first question, it's nothing scandalous. But where do people find you online and where can they follow you online? I know you can answer that, Jeannie, but you have to decide if Jordan's allowed at 13 years old to answer that. Go ahead. I'm at I am Jeannie Jones, and that's J E A N N I E J O N E S. At Miss Jordan Jones is my tag for social media. Okay, ladies, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to ask two final questions. It can go back to anything we've already spoken about. I'm going to start with you, Jordan. It's a simple question. You don't have to say your mom is the answer, <laughs> you can, but here's the question. I'm going to throw it to you first, Jordan. Who inspires you? Darn it. I definitely say my mom. Like, it sounds very biased because like, oh, that's your mother. Of course, it's going to be your hero and everything. But my mom, I've seen her do so much. And earlier in this discussion, you've like read off the list of all the things that she's done. And I've always looked up to my mother at being a multitasker, always getting things done and just being amazing at it. So definitely my mother. Jeannie, who inspires you? Wow, that's a heavily loaded question. And I would have to say two people. One is uh, my dad, who's no longer here. Uh, Frank Jones, who, um, wow, uh, from telling me things that uh, ring true to me every day. Like if you find one friend in life, consider yourself lucky. And I'm like, dad, I miss, you know, socialite. I mean, what do you mean? But as you mature and grow, you realize um, just what those things mean and how, uh, you know, important in, 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 in understanding the core of what's important in life. My dad, again, being an educator, a principal, 
college professor, um, just great. He was also great in so many aspects uh, in the community. It's it's all of those things. And he always just stressed education and and just making wise decisions for yourself. So uh, he continues to be an inspiration for me. And uh, I have to uh, take the baton from my daughter and give it back to her because um, she amazes me uh, in the fact that, you know, a lot of people say, you know, this is Hollywood. She can't be 13 to have accomplished all those things and knowing what she wants to do and uh, to have, you know, completed for a semester of college before she finishes middle school. Uh, she She's her own person, but she amazes me in uh, moving in her own lane and being comfortable in the skin that she's in. And I know with the uh, turbulent times that these uh, this Gen Z is uh, living in, um, you know, I'm I'm just happy for her already, and she does inspire me because uh, I can honestly say that I mean, if something unfortunately were to happen to me today, I would be okay. That she would be okay in doing what was best for her already at age 13. And the final question that we ask all our guests, Jordan, I'm going to start with you again. It can go back to anything we've talked about, anything you want to say. It's not even a question. It's more of a statement that you just have to finish. It's really simple. Tell me something good. Hmm. I definitely, from this, something that was really good was talking about my blessing bags. I really like to spread knowledge about this. And even though I've been doing this since a young age, so my mom has helped me promote this a lot and help other people know. And so we we can spread the awareness of this foundation, but I just loved being able to talk about this. So that's something that was good. And Jeannie, you get to close the show. Tell me something good. Don't sing it. (laughs) I can't afford it. (laughs) Something good is that we are here and still thriving and surviving through this horrific pandemic. We are learning to be good, finding uh, ways we never thought we could to be even better. So um, just doing good, being good, and better every day is, um, you know, what I will continue to live by and um, appreciate this platform for spreading even more good news. Thank you, Jeannie and Jordan, for sharing your good. You have the mother-daughter, parent-child relationship that is making this world a gooder place. next time on World Gone Good. They're dealing with the trauma and the challenge and all that stuff, but like you would see these glimpses of these just like, oh my gosh, that's who you are. Like when all this junk is finally wiped away, you, I mean, you're already amazing, but you just see this like deep specialness. George Kenyon shares the good of being a foster parent and also the good of his new YouTube series, George Tells Stories. And there's one more good that's really good, our entire conversation. So good that I'm not editing it. I want you to hear all of it. So get ready for a world gone good first. Until then, be good.